Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour. We're very excited about this. We get to do this every Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Myself, Dan Tortora, and this guy that I think is pretty cool. We seem to like him here. This is his third year doing it straight like this, and he's been on the show a lot more than that. And that is Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Dot com. We're going to be drafting together in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Challenge that's called Florida Home for almost a decade. We'll be doing that coming up very, very soon here. And before we do that, we're getting you ready for the draft. So we have essentially every single week gone through every division, all four teams in each division, to get you ready. And if you have missed any of those or want to go back to listen to any of those, it's extremely easy. You go to wakeupcalldt.com, click on the Fantasy Football page, and all you have to do is check out the archive that's going to be right there for you. It's already loaded up, and it shows you all of the logos for the team. So if you forget what division's what, all of them are located right there. So if you're listening on the Bills, you can click on that AFC East one, listen on the Jaguars, AFC South, and so on and so forth, and get yourself ready for your upcoming draft and your upcoming season. So with that being said, with great honor and great privilege, Mike is back with me as we edge closer to our draft days, and I'm excited about it. I can't wait for this. Mike, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm ready to draft. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's draft right now. Let's just do it on the air. Yep. <laughs> so, so we have spoken about each division and broken each division down, like I said, and they're all available in our archives. What is on your mind today? I mean, this is kind of an open discussion about what's going on. I guess where we can start is... It's fantasy football related, and it is, it is, but it's something that happened in reality, and and that's what I was talking about earlier on in the show with with my intern Zach Bowden here. So my question to you is, what do you think about Aaron Rodgers calling out his young receivers and saying, "Yeah, I'm not impressed. I don't really like how they how they're running around out there. They should know the terminology. This is very easy to do." I mean, he called people out, and he said, "I'm very specific." When I call people out, there's a reason why I do it. So what do you think about him calling out his young receivers? I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's um, early enough in camp. It's not in the middle of the season where you're going to divide the locker room. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's a top player. He's a future Hall of Famer. This guy, you know, he's done his time. He sat behind Favre, and then when he had his opportunity, he got up on stage and shined. And you see how valuable he is to that team. Last year, he was out for a little while. The team went down the tubes. He comes back from injury, what I presume to be a little bit early, and almost got them to the playoffs. came up just a little bit short. So, you know, this is a guy who has a high level of expectation. He has a high level of expectation, and he can deliver on those high expectations. And much like myself, he expects everyone around him to be on the same page. And unfortunately... As we know in real life, that's not always the same thing. So, you know, it's good for him to shake the young guys up. You know, this ain't your grandpa. This ain't your dad over here. I'm just trying to do the right thing by the team is Aaron Rodgers' approach. And, you know, unfortunately it was, you know, a drill or drills that we won't even see tape of. And, you know, some of the guys were taking time off. And he's like, hey, you can't take time off. You can't, you, you can't, you know, half-assed it, for lack of a better word. You can't 
go through the motions here just because it's not on tape. This is something that's designed to make the young guys better. Why do you think I'm here with the scout team? Because I need help. It's Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't need help. What he needs is to help the team around him, and that's exactly what he's doing, and I like it a lot. Yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers calling calling out the team saying, I want you to be better. And, you know, the case is is that he is one of the elite. He is one of the best. He has almost, you know, he has a 65% completion percentage. He was right behind Tom Brady last season. He threw six interceptions to the 16 touchdowns he threw when he was healthy before he went out and then tried to come back. So, I mean, I give Aaron Rodgers a lot of credit. I know that he's done a lot in the game. And this isn't like Ryan Leaf is saying, hey, guys, step your game up. You know, this is Aaron Rodgers saying, step your game up. And, you know, they got to get better. And the thing is, the reason why I bring up Ryan Leaf is because, you know, if you're asking somebody else to step their game up, you need to step your game up. I say it all the time. A smoker can't ask you to quit smoking while they're smoking right in front of you. And Aaron Rodgers isn't that type of guy. He's saying, listen, I'm going to go out here and give my effort. If you're not going to come out here and treat this like a game, then don't play football. So that's where we stand with Aaron Rodgers. And, and when we look at, you know, the, I kind of want to open it up and have an open canvas on this Fantasy Football Power Hour. What's on your mind as we head in to our Fantasy Football Live drafts? What's, what are some of those pieces in Fantasy Football that are on your mind right now? Well, my whole thing is watching out for injuries. And, you know, I, I didn't check the stat yet this week, and I will. I, I've been kind of tied up you know, with uh, drafts and helping other people with cheat sheets and so forth. No excuse. But as of August 1st, there were seven torn ACLs in the league. And we haven't even played a pre- you know, a lot of these guys haven't even played in a game, you know, preseason game or a scrimmage even, and they got torn ACLs. So, you know, when you look at that and you go, well, okay, no big deal. They're not any elite players. They're not any high-impact players. That's all hogwash. An injury to anybody on any team can affect the person that you may select from that team. In other words, and it's real simple, it's common sense stuff, but it's commonly overlooked. You know, if a lineman goes down, maybe that's going to affect the running back a little bit. If the left tackle goes down, that might affect the quarterback a little bit. If a receiver goes down, that may elevate someone else, but can they take that extra weight? There's, there's so many implications from each and every injury. So some of these guys are going to play limited. Some of them aren't going to play at all tonight and this weekend, but the bottom line is still the same. You know, we want to watch out for injuries. You want to watch out for player personnel moves like we saw last week with the Corey Coleman move and any Antonio Callaway shenanigans. And, you know, that has a ripple effect throughout the league as far as other players go. Maybe a player gets cut from one team and then he latches on to somebody else because we all know one man's trash is another man's treasure. So there's a lot of things to look at. It's an exciting time, and it's almost a daring time when your draft is before a lot of these questions are answered. But, you know, that's that. You know that's what the game is, and, and, and it's exciting if you draft before you know the answers. It's exciting if you draft after the answers because you think everybody's on the same page, and surprisingly sometimes they're not in your draft room. So, you know, for more on draft tips like that, you can always go to the website. But the bottom line is still the same. I'm, I'm eyes wide open. I'm ears wide open. I'm listening to injury report. I'm going to watch as many preseason reps as I can take, even with the third and fourth string guys, because this may be guys that you may not see right away, but maybe you'll see them next year. Maybe you'll see them further down the road. Maybe you'll see them on another team. 
and you already have insight on that player and what they're capable of doing. Maybe it's just a numbers game. So for me, it's a very exciting time. There's a lot. It's almost like going to a, a toy store or a candy store for the first time and being in awe as a little kid and seeing everything all around you and wanting to take it all in. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely exciting. And we know that you know there's football is, is back here now. And today, on Thursday, August 9th, the Buccaneers are facing off at the Dolphins, Panthers at Bills, Bears at Bengals, Steelers at Eagles, Browns at Giants, Saints at Jaguars, Rams at Ravens, Redskins at Patriots, Titans at Packers, Texans at Chiefs, Cowboys at 49ers, Colts at Seahawks, Falcons at Jets as well. Oh, pardon me, Falcons at Jets is tomorrow. So we, But we have a bunch of games on the docket right now. We have a ton of games that are going to be here, 12 games that are happening today so you and i have a lot tonight i mean we have a lot of stuff to look at with games starting at seven o'clock and and right around uh, there's some late games tonight that are starting at, at 10 because they're going to be on the west coast but there's a lot that can be had from what we see tonight mike like you said first second third string how often do people play and and checking out these people that might do some really good things that might not make the roster that might get picked up on a practice squad and somebody gets hurt and then somebody mentions a player and you know like Geronimo Allison let's say right he's supposed to be this that and the other for the Packers let's say that they don't like the way let's say that they have what they have they like Randall Cobb and 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 Devontae Adams so they let him go they want to build up some young guys and then we watch him in preseason we see that he plays well, he's impressed us, he's done some cool things, he's got good hands, and then all of a sudden something happens with the Rams down the road and they pick him up in week eight, and we've already gotten tape on Geronimo Allison, we go and pick him up as soon as the move's made, and by the time that everybody figures out he's a good receiver, we've already had him for three weeks helping us win games. So there's a lot to be had with these games going on tonight. Remember, remember the old thing I always say, if you're not a week ahead, you're a week behind, so that's the key. You got to be on your game because if you wait until a guy blows up to pick him up, it's too late. Somebody's got him, guaranteed. Absolutely. So when we look at you know some of these some of these games and these intriguing moments, I got to ask you about Lamar Jackson and and Robert Griffin the third. They've gotten some action out there already. What did you think? I mean, I, I, we Robert Griffin had some good moments, had some shaky moments. Lamar Jackson shown that he can obviously use those. Light. I love when somebody says that a dual-threat quarterback can't make it in the NFL like they made it in college. They're not going to be able to do it. It's going to be different. It's still football. And then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson starts running, and they're like, well, you know, a typical quarterback staying in the pocket couldn't have made that throw because they would have gotten sacked already. They wouldn't have moved. Oh, my gosh, he can run in the NFL. And I'm just, It boggles my mind how they think that this man won't be able to utilize his talent that he's been utilizing all his life in the NFL. What did you see from Robert Griffin, and what did you see from Lamar Jackson? I saw Robert Griffin look like he still has mobility, and that was the thing I wanted to see. You know, but the knee injury was so many years ago. So I, you know, and that's the thing. You know, I think just being off the field is, has killed him. And and you know, it's it's always what's hot and fresh now. You know, when you go to the bakery. You know, when I was a little kid, we used to go to the bakery. That was the big thing on Sunday after church. You go to the bakery, and you, there was these rolls my mom always liked to get and stuff. And, you know, she always liked when those things were hot and fresh coming out of the oven. She didn't want one of those ones that had been sitting around for a while. 
And that's what you have here in Robert Griffin. It's it's what have you done for me lately in the league? And, and they'll go with the hot hand, and you see this in college all the time as well. You know, And you can't blame coaches because we're in a have-it-now society. We're in a not only do I want it hot and fresh, but I want it immediately. Everything has to be now. We stand in front of the microwave and go, come on, I don't have all minute. That's where we're at in this society, and that's what's going on at a quarterback. Lamar Jackson's the hot flavor because he comes in, he's he's got a lot of steam behind him. This is a guy who had a very good career at Louisville. Uh, this is a guy who's got some nice trophies. He's got some nice hardware. This is a guy who is the future of Baltimore. Robert Griffin's not the future. Robert Griffin's here playing for his livelihood. He's playing for a job somewhere else. I don't think Baltimore's going to carry three quarterbacks. Joe Flacco's definitely on the way out, but I think Joe Flacco feels the pressure, and Joe Flacco's going to step up his game. I don't think we're going to see a lot of Lamar Jackson, you know, you know, unless there's some sort of injury to Flacco. I think they're going to have some packages to get him on the field and utilize his athleticism. But I don't think Flacco's in danger right away of losing his job. I like the, the raw talent that Lamar Jackson has. And I think once he gets acclimated to the league, which may be sooner than he wants, but I think that if he was to, if they were to somehow hold him out from starting a game until next year, you're going to see Lamar Jackson as the starter next year, much like we saw the changing of the guard in Kansas City with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you trade to get back into the first round if you're just trying to test this guy out and see what he's like. So, you know, I think that Lamar Jackson is the future. You know, I did say that would bring it in two, two new tight ends and, you know, bringing in Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews, two new guys as your tight ends and bringing in new receivers onto the team and giving those guys an opportunity from all different teams like Crabtree and, and whatnot, you know, to, to have these players come onto the team, be new receivers, be new tight ends, and for the first time, you know, your running back situation kind of looks like it's somewhat handled a little bit here. That's You would want to just plug them in right away so everybody learns the same system at the same time doing the same thing. But I understand, I mean, that's what I would look to do, but at the same time, I know they played, paid Joe Flacco a lot of money, and they're going to have to, you know, at least give him a few games to go around. Now, if he starts out 0-3 or in the first five games, he's got 10 interceptions or 7 interceptions, whatever it may be, there's got to be that <laughs> there's got to be that bell that can be rung. And when John Harbaugh goes over and rings that bell in the locker room, that means Lamar Jackson, you're the bell cow now and you're up. So that would be, you know, kind of the situation that I'm looking at. I think if Lamar Jackson gets a whole year to learn, get ready, then yeah, I think that that's great. But at the same time, you know, Joe Flacco, John Harbaugh attaching his, his, his horse to the cart of Joe Flacco may end up getting him fired this year. I don't think that Joe Flacco is going to be the guy that's going to salvage this team. But at the same time, he's had weapons at the running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions that have all gotten injured the last few seasons. So if everybody's healthy and they brought all these new guys in and all this new talent, this is where you'll know, does Joe Flacco still have it to be a starter in Baltimore, or is that day up? Because there's no excuse now. You got all this new talent, young talent, wide receivers that have been successful in other places. If he can't make it happen now, Mike, then I can't imagine that he'll be the quarterback for long in Baltimore. Yeah, I got him ranked as the number 29 quarterback on my rankings, so I feel that we're going to see somewhat of a resurgence of Flacco 
but I'm in fear that they're going to be impatient in Baltimore and try to get Lamar Jackson on the field sooner than he's ready. But I think if they if they can, you know, slow that down, they're going to be better as an organization. It's going to be better for Lamar Jackson. I mean, we've seen what happened to to, to guys. You know, n- no matter what, when you're a rookie quarterback, you're going to throw interceptions. I've said it before, I'll say it again, Peyton Manning, one of the best quarterbacks ever in the league, and by the way, he's still 0-4 against the Gators. Peyton Manning um, is a guy that threw a bunch of interceptions his first year. And it it happens. It's going to happen. There's a learning curve. But look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Look at some of the other guys around the league who have had time to sit behind a decent guy or a guy that was decent at one time in the game and can study that individual, how they prepare for the game, catch up with the speed of the game, and catch up with the lingo. It's another language for a lot of these guys. New new personnel, new, you know, it's almost like, okay, here you go. Welcome to the league. Here's your Spanish one book. Go ahead and learn Spanish. Oh, by the way, we got our first game in 10 days. Let's go. You know, I mean, it is what it is. This is what they're paid to do. This is what the expectation is. So you got to give these guys a learning curve, especially a quarterback. The quarterback touches the ball just about every play. That's why the quarterback's one of the highest paid positions always. And that's why the quarterback, if you have a good quarterback play, you're going to go somewhere as a team. You know, if you're a good quarterback, have good quarterback play, and you got a few good pieces around you, you're going to go far as a team. Quarterback is the key position. We all know that. So, you know, I just hope they don't get greedy in Baltimore and try to rush that situation. But I think Flacco may play himself out of a job if he does have a game or two bad. I could see, you know, middle of the season, all of a sudden he strings together two games where he throws some interceptions, doesn't throw for 300 yards. You know, the most popular guy sometimes is that backup in the fans' eyes. They want to see what they drafted. And Baltimore was lucky to have Lamar Jackson fall into their hands at the end of the first round. Yeah, Lamar Jackson being there, sitting there for them was was amazing. Was an awesome opportunity for Baltimore to pick up the future of their team as they move forward. And now, obviously, we'll be tweaking some things a little bit. We'll take a fast break inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the home of all things football. All the games you're watching Thursday, Sunday, and Monday, as well as the live on-site drafts in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge. And we thank the Penn and Trophy Center for providing our trophies, the Mini Lombardi, as well as the Toilet Bowl that you get to put your face on if you get last place and put some M&Ms and put them on your desk. It'll make you feel better if you put candy in it because then all of a sudden it's a candy dish that makes you smile and makes you happy as opposed to a toilet that reminds you that you got last place. We'll take a step aside. We'll be back in a second. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. 
Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're inside the Fantasy Football Power Hour. Mike and I are like kids. This is Christmas morning. We're excited. We cannot wait for this moment to happen. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com is where you'll find all of Mike Sofka's info and ways to work with him. He has packages for you to help you with your fantasy team. And of course, on wakeupcalldt.com on the fantasy football page, we got you set up, locked, and ready to go with a breakdown of every single division, every single team, every single position in fantasy right there on the fantasy football page of wakeupcalldt.com to get you amped and ready for the upcoming season. We'll be drafting here in Camillus, New York at the Wildcat Sports Pub at the end of August, beginning of September, and I will be drafting with Mike Sofka as I've done for almost a decade in a league that I started down in Central Florida, and Mike and I will be doing that coming up here very soon, and Mike's been a great right-hand man for this league and just everything that we've been able to work out together. So we are looking to build bridges and create wonderful opportunities with fantasy football and Mike and I appreciate you taking our advice and listening in. We always welcome your questions. With that being said, there's some things that have been going on in this world of football. Jarvis Landry, Landry allegedly believes that Odell Beckham Jr. would like an opportunity with the Cleveland Browns. We know that this Odell relationship with the Giants seemingly from the outside looking in is, is strained is not something that looks like a comfortable scenario. kind of looks like Odell does Odell and the Giants do the Giants. And on Sundays, they seemingly link together for a couple hours and then they go back to the Giants doing the Giants and Odell doing Odell. So what do you think about this Jarvis Landry, Cleveland Brown conspiracy that this could be a home for Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, that's not happening. It's not going to happen. Take a step back from football and take a look at the situation. All right? Would you rather be in Cleveland if you're a if you're a if you want to see your name in lights, or would you rather be in New York? Odell's a New York kind of guy because he wants his name in lights. Now, Cleveland works for some things like the NBA. There's 82 games, 41 of them are at home, and you're not wearing a helmet. They can see your face. It's different in the NFL. You only got so many opportunities. 
you got to make big plays, and that's what Odell does, and he's going to be in that big-time city, and he's not going anywhere. He's going to be a giant. He uh, His heart must belong there because he knows he's somebody's giving him some good guidance, telling him to report, but I'm not sure that's the right advice physically for him. What if he's one of these guys that comes up with a torn ACL in practice? What He could cost himself millions. So I'm anxious for both sides to get that situation worked out in New York. And, you know, it's my understanding they're not far apart, but they're far enough to, to not sign yet. And my thing is this, is, you know, even if you're the number one guy financially overall, your position in the NFL – Somebody else is going to come and beat it. It's going to happen. We get faster. We get stronger. We get better. Prices go up. Inflation happens every year. It's just what happens. Things change. You're not always going to be the highest paid guy. I don't think you even have to be the highest paid guy. Look at look at better athletes, Hall of Fame legends. And I say legends because that's what Odell desires to be, not just the best player now, but a legend. Look at some of the legends like Michael Jordan. Yeah, different time, different era. But he didn't have to be the highest paid guy. He was when he added his endorsements. And why? Because he allowed them to use that money around him, on the town around him. He could see the big picture. He could see the forest for the trees. Hopefully Odell can see that. And whether it's sixteen million or eighteen million, let's get together, Giants. Let's get together, Odell. Sign this thing and let's watch this human highlight reel make some plays and earn his money. Yeah, you know, and that's what it comes down to is, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is your best receiver. And granted he has not stayed hundred percent healthy and he has some antics and whatnot, but he's the best option that you have right now. You just added Saquon Barkley. You tried to bolster up your offensive line and you still have Eli Manning and you have a couple guys behind him that you're looking at to potentially be the future quarterback of your team so with that being said you know it stands to reason that you'd want to keep this together and if I'm Odell I'd want to play with Saquon I have the opportunity to play with a potential franchise back one of the best backs potentially in the country one of the guys that could be a ground gainer and make some things happen so for me if I'm Odell Beckham Jr. I'm keep (laughs) I'm keeping my mouth shut when I need to I'm negotiating when I have to, and I'm respecting the process, absolutely. So, Because I would want the opportunity to play with Saquon, at least for a year, 16 games healthy, and see what can happen from there before I just jump ship and go somewhere else. Although the Browns are doing some fun things, and I want to I wanna go back into the Browns. You know, Jarvis Landry's saying, hey, Odell, maybe he could end up over here. Well, who is already over there is Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon, but who's not is Corey Coleman, a former very early pick by the Cleveland Browns. He's only played a couple seasons in the NFL, but in all honesty, he's only really played one season because he's played, I believe, 19 games over the past two seasons, and there's 16 in a regular season because of injury. Corey Coleman is now a Buffalo Bill. Thoughts on that? I think it was a a good snag for Buffalo because Sometimes guys just need a change of scenery. Sometimes guys just need something different. They need to be shaken up a bit. And maybe this is good for Corey Coleman. Or maybe this speaks loudly about Kelvin Benjamin and Buffalo and where they think they're at there. Or where where Buffalo thinks they're at with Zay Jones. To my counts, they got like 10 guys that are receivers right now. Three of them are rookies. The rookies probably aren't going anywhere. So you got some guys that may be looking for a job pretty soon in Buffalo. Rod Streeter, Andre Holmes. 
you know, these are guys that, that have been around Kalen, Clay, Jeremy Curley. Some of these guys aren't going to have jobs. I think Zay Jones is still safe, and I think he's, you know, he's a speedster, and it takes time. It takes about three years to develop. Well, Corey Coleman's on his third year, but this is a situation where he's been injured for most of the time. Former first-round pick was expected to shine on the field already. So, again, maybe this is good for him. I think it's bad for Cleveland because right after they did this, unless they know something we don't, unless they know Josh Gordon's definitely coming back by X date because Josh Gordon is out with strategic health reasons for his uh, recovery and so forth. And I get it, and it's not necessarily part of the program, but it's part of what he signed up to do in his recovery, and I think that's great if he sticks to that program and if it holds true this time around. So they make the move with Coleman, and the next day Antonio Callaway gets the, the citation for weed. Well, you know what? And this is no surprise. I mean, Antonio Callaway got popped for weed at the Combine. Oh, this is no surprise because Antonio Callaway got popped for weed at Florida and some other things that he did at Florida. That's why he missed all, just about a whole season. He would have been a first-round talent had he worked out. This, this may be the guy that would have, could have, and should have. And that's not good for the Browns, and that's not good for fantasy football players either. The bottom line is this, is I think Josh Gordon is going to come back. I don't think they're going to bring anybody else in unless somebody gets injured. I think they're going to let the Antonio Callaway thing play out. He's probably going to have to enter the, 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 the league's uh, substance abuse program. I don't think that's going to result in a suspension first cap out of the shoot, but you know, this is something to watch because Antonio Callaway, for as many chances as he keeps getting, he keeps seeing to blow him. And this is a guy that has first-round receiver talent, number one wideout on your team talent written all over him. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the skill. He can run a route tree. He can get past you. He can open up the field. That's what Cleveland wants and needs, the opposite side of Jarvis Landry or Josh Gordon. And if Landry, Gordon, and Callaway can ever get on the field at the same time, it's going to be great for Cleveland, especially now that they bolstered the run game with Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb. Tyrod Taylor looks to be the answer there, and I like the fact that he's an experienced quarterback. I think we're going to see some Baker Mayfield at some point sometime, but it's probably not going to be till next year if Cleveland has their druthers. Yeah, I wanted to go into that. You know, obviously with the wake-up call fantasy football challenge, you get the team quarterback, so you have the opportunity of getting Tyrod and Baker Mayfield. But what do you think about that scenario? Because Tyrod, we you know, we always hear he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't turn the ball over, he doesn't turn the ball over. But he doesn't win a lot of games either. And the long ball has been the issue. And utilizing the receivers to the best of their talents and abilities haven't really seen that from Tyrod. And then Baker's a question mark because he's stepping in to the NFL here and he's got some antics and some ways about him that eerily remind people of Johnny Manziel. So what do you think about this situation? I mean, Tyrod may not turn the ball over, but is he enough to get Cleveland to a special place to get them to seven or eight wins this year? Or do they have to put Baker in there at some point? I mean, for me with Tyrod, there's some good pieces and then there's the other pieces of, he's got the receivers, is he going to use them? He's got the open field, is he going to bomb it? You know, Or what's he going to do? And, and I think that that's the question that some people have on their minds and frustration that Bills fans had was that, you know, what about the long ball? So what do you think about that situation? I like Tyrod for what they got going on in Cleveland right now. I think he's the better answer right now on the field. 
You know, if Tyrod gets hurt, I hope it doesn't happen. But if he gets hurt, that's when we're going to see Baker Mayfield. There's going to be no turning back. Otherwise, I think the plan is to try to keep him off the field until he's at a point, and it's probably going to be till next year. He's at a point, without doubt, he can command the team. But there's talent there. I mean, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, all he does is catch the ball out of the backfield. They got three guys at the running back. And like I pointed out before, with Landry Gordon and Callaway, those three guys are all three number ones in my book, if they all have their act together. Apparently, two of them still don't have their act together, but apparently they're one of them's working on it. We'll have to see. And then, you know, last year, David Njoku and Seth DeVal showed up pretty nice as well. They had Darren Fells. I think they're going to be solid all the way around. I like the additions they've made on defense in Cleveland, and that goes underestimated for a quarterback all the time. If I'm a quarterback, I want a team that's got a better defense than average because if I put my team in trouble, I want them to get me out of it. And, oh, by the way, I want them to create situations for me as well. That makes teams win championships. Defense wins championships. I like what they're doing in Cleveland on both sides of the ball. They're not there yet, but they're definitely headed in the right direction. Yeah, Cleveland is definitely, uh, they're trying. They're trying, and on paper, you know, dare we say it, they don't look bad. They don't look like a, a terrible scenario, and, and I think that that's the interesting thing about all of this is that I'm not against, you know, somebody says, should I draft a Brown? You know, this year could be the year for you to go out there and draft yourself a Brown and to make it happen. So I, I'm pleasantly interested in what could happen with the Cleveland Browns this year. And I definitely hope the best for them as they move forward because this could be the year, I mean, it should be the year where you're out there taking a chance on on some of these guys, a Carlos Hyde or a Nick Chubb late or, you know, Duke Johnson Jr. if they open the field up or to, you know, look at Jarvis Landry and and, and Josh Gordon. I mean, Josh Gordon, the, the thing about Josh Gordon, though, is that he? there's been so many issues and so many problems, but when he comes on the field, he was the best. That's how sad it was. When he came onto the field last season, he was the best Cleveland Brown. He's the best Cleveland Brown. He play, doesn't play all these games, comes on the field, he's the best Cleveland Brown. Look at his numbers. Best Cleveland Brown. Surest receiver. Even though, even though he wasn't playing. So, you know, they got to get that right and get that settled. I, what I can say about Josh Gordon is, Cleveland fans can be happier than Jacksonville fans were with Justin Blackman, who never did a damn thing and had two DUIs before he signed his rookie contract. So that is definitely the worst of the worst. And then Josh Gordon, at least, has been out there a little bit. But this team has talent. They have depth. There's no reason why Cleveland can't win a bunch of games this year. So I look to them to rival the AFC North to fight with those teams like the Ravens and the Bengals to get that second spot behind Pittsburgh. Des Bryant still doesn't have a job, Mike. Thoughts on that? Thoughts on on the fact that that this wide receiver is just hanging out there and nothing's doing right now? Well, I think you're going to need to see an injury or something at this point to somebody before anybody takes another look at him, apparently. And this is hearsay, you know, that Des has shunned the Browns. Apparently there was uh, something cooking there, but not so fast, my friend. They decided not to. And I, I heard one of the issues was Des was being demanding with some of the language in his contract, wanting things that, you know, that he just doesn't, seem warranted at this point like his own driver etc 
and, and I've just put it back to wide receivers, and I'm going to paint them with a broad brush. I know you can't generalize and say everybody's like this, but pretty much across the board, your wide receivers are the prima donnas of your team. They're the look-at-me guys. They're the I'm a human highlight reel. Look how good I am. And on the opposite side of the ball, sometimes that's with the DBs as well. You know, you got your linemen in there getting dirty, doing the dirty work, doing the grunt work. It's almost like the real world where there's some guy out there taking credit for the whole team, and that's good. He, he scores dramatic touchdowns and so forth, and he can catch the ball. And But wide receivers in general, and Des Bryant is a prime example of this, they think they're better than the team, generally speaking. They put themselves first. It's always me. It's give me the damn ball, if you remember those days. It's guys that need the limelight and need to feel like they're being treated as special and different than everyone else because they're so much better than everyone else. And that's just not the case. And when you think so highly of yourself that you're turning down deals, instead of playing somewhere, you know, you really don't love the game. You love yourself. You love the money. And, you know, it's apparent that Dez is, you know, pricing himself out of the market. It's apparent that his value doesn't exceed the price. If, you know, his price is too high for what they're going to get in return, why would they buy that? Why would you buy something that's too expensive when you can buy something over here that's a bargain and new and fresh and can develop and you can make it what you want it? You take a Des Bryant in, you're bringing some baggage. You're bringing that me, me, me. That's not a team player thing. That's not a good thing you want to do before the season to shake up your locker room. So without a, a big injury to a big-time player, I don't think Des is going to play this year. Well, that's a sad thing about it. You know, Terrell Owens, Chad Ochocinco, Des Bryant, they all seem to be in the, in the same boat historically of the I'm so good. I'm better than everybody else. I'm going to talk a big game. I want you to pick me up. I'm the greatest. I want millions of dollars. I should be paid high. You know, who's the highest paid guy? I should be that price. Chad Ochocinco, Terrell Owens, it was the same feel. And now here's Des Bryant, which I feel like he's he's losing out because I feel like he's had less time than they had. And he's already been somewhat ostracized. And it says something when Jerry Jones lets go of him and nobody made a move except for allegedly Baltimore. But think about that. Think about that. Baltimore was looking to change their entire wide receiver core. They brought in three new faces. One of them was allegedly supposed to be Des Bryant, and he said no. Now he's got no job. It's like when somebody when when you're when you're going back and forth, right? And you got and you got a buyer. And the buyer says, "How much?" And you say, "A thousand. They say, "We'll do it for 800." You go, "No, no, no, I got all these people going to do it for 900. I got all these people going to do it for 950." And guess what? You were B, you were BSing. They called your bluff. They pulled their offer. Now you got 0 dollars. 800 sounds a lot better than 0. May not be a thousand. But it's a lot better than zero. And the funny thing was, I, I, I've I've witnessed this firsthand when somebody was jockeying with a price, and they put themselves in a situation where they beat where they were BSing, and they called a bluff. And when they called the bluff, they ended up with absolutely nothing. And in Des Bryant's case, it's the same scenario. He called the bluff. Nobody responded. Yeah, I, you know what? I think it's a shame. You know, but that's just. It's, it's again, it's where we're at. It's a different time. It's a 
different age. Long are the guys that, you know, are interested in, in you know, the game itself. It, it's a moneymaker. And I can't blame them. They're wanting to maximize, you know, their dollars for, for what they can contribute. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that a guy shouldn't be asking for everything in the world that he can get because somebody might pay it. But when it's obvious you put yourself in a bad situation, you know, maybe he doesn't really care for the game anymore. And maybe it's, hey, I'll go somewhere if I can get paid enough, but I'm not going to put my mind and my body through all that again. Maybe he has enough money. You know, it's my understanding and my experience that a lot of these guys don't have enough money. You know, so I mean, what I mean by that is they've got paid a bunch of money, but they've also spent a bunch of money. You know, it's a shame. But you see that every single day. And hopefully he's not in a position where he has to go back and play. You know, you hear stories about guys their first year in the league, and after their first year, they're broke. They they, they have to borrow money from their agent because they spent too much money. Well, these are, you know, kids that didn't have people around them with money, didn't have anybody smart enough to show them how to handle money and how to save some of that money. Because the NFL's NFL, not for long. You're not going to be there forever. So I get it. Make hay while the sun shines. Get everything you can, but you got to do. You got to prepare for your future in this business because it's not for long. No, absolutely. And you bring up a great point here. Speaking with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com, we'll take our final step aside here in the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, where you watch all the games in in Camillus, New York, on 3680 Milton Avenue, as well as draft with us in the Wake Up Call Fantasy Football Challenge, and of course the Pennant Trophy Center, which gives us our Toilet Bowl Trophy for last place, and our Mini Lombardi. And when I say mini, it's not that mini. It's smaller than the normal Lombardi, but it's heavy as heck, and it is absolutely beautiful on your mantle. So, we will take a step aside, we'll come back with more from fantasy football to wrap up today's episode inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. For one day only, Sunday, August 12th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., the CNY Pop Festival brings sports and pop entertainers together, including Syracuse basketball's Decades of Bayheim, from Roosevelt Bowie Jr. to Daywan Coleman, as well as Syracuse football alumni and actors from The Flash, Star Wars, The Gremlins, Power Rangers, and The Addams Family. Come to the CNY Pop Festival at the F Shed at the Regional Market. Buy VIP and pre-sale tickets now on cnypopfestival.com. Brought to you by Honda City. Liverpool, Utica Pizza Company, and True by Hilton Camillus. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, 
Feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, drysiglady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, hanging out with you inside of the Wake Up Call studios. We're proudly fueled by Monster Energy, and on the video tomorrow when we live feed this thing into the Wake Up Call studios that we do every Friday with Collectible Corner, you can see John Newman of Newman Sports Cards and myself sitting in studio. You can listen on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and Watch us on Facebook.com backslash live now, DT. Right over my shoulder every week, we have that monster energy feel, those drinks that we have here. Well, guess what, folks? We got some new ones to the team. We got the cafes, which are the monster energy response to the Starbucks products, those Frappuccinos and whatnot. So we're going to be showing those off tomorrow as well as other products. And, of course, my favorite will be there. So tune in for that as Wake Up Call is fueled by Monster Energy. And you can send us the reason how you are a monster. Send us that thing. I love that. That hashtag, be a monster. How are you a monster? And looking at what's going on in the NFL, the NFL's kind of acting like a monster, but not for the right reasons. And what they're doing in the NFL is they're essentially... In this motif, shall I say, of creating these, you have to do this or else. You have to make this happen or else. Because this is how, this is the verbiage that the NFL is kind of portraying and putting forward. The NFL anthem policy. It was never about the anthem. It was about police brutality. So having an anthem policy in and of itself shows that nobody in the NFL front office was listening to anything that was going on. But having an anthem policy saying, you have to or else. Now, there's a Hall of Fame potential policy because Terrell Owens didn't go to the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. He had his own ceremony. So now there's this, maybe there will be a Hall of Fame induction policy that has a come to the Hall of Fame or else. It's a very fascist communist dictatorship type of style 
And the NFL's already had a lot of bad pub, and this on top of all of the sexual abuse scandals and abuse and verbal and this, everything is in Ray Rice and Greg Hardy. The NFL doesn't need any more bad publicity, but apparently everybody knows that except for the NFL, who didn't send themselves a memo that having policies saying you have to come to the Hall of Fame in order to be in the Hall of Fame, you have to sign a document stating that you're going to come to the Hall of Fame if you get inducted, you have to stand up for the anthem or your team is going to suspend you or fine you or maybe we will. The NFL's language, however you feel on whatever side of the coin you're on, Mike, the language of the NFL right now seems very eerily dictatorship-wise, and that's not a safe way to go, in my opinion. Well, the NFL is used to setting rules, following the rules, and if you don't follow the rules, you pay the penalty. That's pretty much what the game's about. I mean, the game itself, not just how they run the league. So how they run the league is the same way. You you play the game, you follow the rules, or else you suffer the penalty. So with that in mind, the NFL is kind of rigid in their policies. One thing they need to get rigid on, and I'm going to shift gears a tiny bit, is let me know what a catch is. <laughs> let me know what a, let me know what a tackle is. You know, it's the first we've had one preseason game already. I don't know what a tackle is. I still don't know. You know what? One guy's doing it the same way as another guy. He gets flagged. The other guy doesn't. You know, it, it, just let's make it clear. You know, and you're expecting guys that are 20 years into their career to make this change. You can't. But getting back to this, you know, the rigidness and this, the, the rules and so forth, they have to do this. They have to do some sort of, they have to have some sort of policy. It's a big organization. It's a giant company. There's billions of dollars, trillions of dollars at stake long term. There's affects many people on many levels. If some teams go out or don't have a good year in some towns, everybody suffers. The tax base suffers. The city and the area around because there wasn't enough dollars and revenues coming in. So now they can't do what they need to do. The guy selling popcorn is not getting paid. The, the girl selling beer is not going to get paid. The guy helping you park your car is not going to get paid. The people at Fox aren't going to get paid because ratings are down and they had to lose the license or whatever. You know, the, the, the cameraman there. The advertisers are going to pull their advertising. And, and then the advertisers are going to start. It, it's a ripple effect. It's a giant thing. They're never going to make anybody happy. I get it. They have to make policies and, and they have to adhere to them. But at the same time, when you're de- when you're dealing with political fire, you can't throw gasoline on it. You need to do the right thing by everybody. And it's real hard. They're in a precarious situation and I feel bad for them. But I, I, I'm just glad they're making some sort of policy and taking some sort of stand at this point. Because it felt like for the past year, they were wishy-washy on the whole thing. They're trying to please a lot of the players who, let's face it, feel one way. And a lot of the fans and sponsors who apparently feel another way, they're they're in a lose-lose situation. So they're trying to do their best. And they've made some sort of stand. They've drawn some sort of line in the sand. Now, where that line moves to one side or the other to accommodate everyone a little more easily is yet to be determined. And that's the tough part. That's where we're at now. You still have at least half the people that are on one side or the other upset that it's not strong enough or it's too strong. Let's just play football. Let's let's not take away from the game. Let's not bring in politics. Let's not do what the rest... I 
I watch football and play fantasy football to enjoy the game. I enjoy watching it. It takes me away from my reality of my everyday life. I'm there to be entertained. It's a business, and I want to be entertained by athletic competition. That's what football is. Don't take that away from me because you think Billy Joe Bob in some town that you've never met may have been suffered police brutality, and you think everybody does. And as the owner, you you, you know you, you throw money at it and hope it's going to go away, and it doesn't. And now you still have the same problem. Now you've made a policy that other people it just and if you're the other side why are you why are you spitting on veterans in the past to prove your point today you know if i disagree with you dan i don't go and kick the guy next to me in the nuts you know it is what it is you know if you and i have a disagreement we have a disagreement we handle our disagreement i don't go and drag somebody else in and disrespect them so hopefully they can both sides can continue to work on this the line's been drawn hopefully we can get a a steady situation going that makes everybody happy. And let's just get back to playing football. Well, I think that that's the, the big thing of it all is that the message that was trying to be sent and, you know, speaking with people about that message is that, you know, the message is clear, but the time that it was put out, I understand it's during the national anthem so that, you know, people are going to be watching and nobody's going to miss it. So I get that. I get that. And I understand that, but there's a better way to go about it. Like Floyd Little said, don't don't do it on the football field. Go to the steps of your police department the day after. Do it on Monday morning. You know, and Floyd said, I'm African American and I, you know, my family's connected to the military. So, you know, he sees both sides of the spectrum and can appreciate both sides of the spectrum. But, you know, for me, I honestly believe that the message that players were trying to send is a good message. We have to send it the right way and make sure that it's focused. And the thing is, you know, if you want to know if the message was sent the right way or not, it's simple because people misconstrued it. So you have to be clear about your message and what it's about. And granted, the media does a great job at misconstruing things. And I'm not sitting here talking about myself. I'm talking about the wonderful people that like to make problems worse. So for me, I get it. I understand it. I understand where it got misconstrued. So let's honor our veterans, honor this country, and honor what we're supposed to be, which is free. Not some people, all people, okay? So we all need to be free, and the person down the street, like, Mike, you should not suffer from something that I don't suffer from. I shouldn't get the mail, and you don't get the mail, because they don't like you, because they don't like the way you look, they don't like the way you talk, they don't like this, they don't like that, they don't like where you came from, or that you're an immigrant, whatever. You should get the mail, I should get the mail. Okay, that's how it is. So... That is where society has gone wrong, and we need to right that. But at the same time, when it was done, I understand because it was done during the military thing that you know people lost sight of what the problem was. And if you're trying to spread a message, if I'm trying to spread a message and it gets misconstrued, I'm going to fix that immediately. I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, well, whatever, screw the flag. I mean, that's that you can't do that. So. I understand the military being upset. I understand veterans being upset. I understand people being upset about police brutality. I understand all of that. So we need to create a good message. I don't think that the NFL should suspend or threaten anybody or force anybody to pay money for it because that is getting political. And I think with the Hall of Fame, you know, Terrell Owens feels the way that he feels. And I understand that and I respect that. At the same time, if there was no NFL that he was disrespecting by not going in some people's minds, he would have never been able to get a Hall of Fame jacket. And the NFL is offering you the Hall of Fame jacket. So if you want to spit at the NFL, then 
why do you expect them to give you a jacket? I wouldn't go into a store and buy a product from somebody and spit in their face. You know, it's one or the other. I'm not, I'm not buying something from somebody or asking somebody for something. You know, if somebody came up to me and said, Dan, I hate your guts. So can you come to my show for three hours and host it? No, absolutely not. Why, why do that? So to say, I don't like what the NFL is doing, but then say, thanks for the jacket. That's the confusion. But the NFL getting involved and trying to make an example out of T.O. and force everybody to come and sign papers, that's going to piss a lot of people off that you were never going to piss off in the first place. So my mom told me as a kid, politics and religion, leave it out of this stuff. Okay, stand up for what you believe in, be a good boy, and treat people with respect, everybody, not just some people. And at the end of the day, can we just play some football have some fun, respect the damn sport, respect the person next to you, and if you can't find it in your heart to respect the person that's on the other side of you, that's a problem with you in you. It's not a problem with them, that's a problem with you, because only insecure idiots will attack another person. So, with that being said, I'm looking forward to football. I'm looking forward to seeing it, and watching it, and being a part of fantasy football, and Mike, I think that you and I can agree with this, that the NFL needs to stop playing Big Brother and needs to start playing football. Yeah, let's draft. Let's go. Let's start this season. We're ready. We are ready to go. We're excited about it. Next week, Fantasy Football Power Hour, we're breaking down the running backs. Is it the return of the running game? It's been a pass-happy league for the last few seasons. Is it the return of the running back? We'll talk about that next week. Proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in the Penn and Trophy Center. You can check out Mike Sofka and all the products that he offers to help you with fantasy football on Hall of Fame, fantasyfootball.com. Mr. Sofka, as always, I appreciate you much, and I'll talk with you soon. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Dan. Talk to you next time.